What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gray, and I'm back from vacation. Have a ton of content this week. We're going to be covering the Air Jordan 35 reveal of their new signature shoe. We're going to talk about Netflix new series sneaker heads. We're going to talk about Kanye West, upcoming releases, Jordan holiday releases. Probably one of the most packed episodes we've had in a little while. But before we get into all that, just a quick reminder, Keeping Stock is uploaded every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. So make sure to leave a like and follow us on wherever you're listening. And let's get into it. So let's start with the Air Jordan 35, recently revealed on September 24th, the 35th model in the Jordan line, which seems crazy. 35 years of Jordan signature shoes. Yet again, Jordan brand is looking to innovate and change the game for their slew of athletes that are wearing the Jordan 35 in their peak performance signature shoe on court at this moment. And with the 35, it's taken the same approach as the 31, 32, 33, 34, is that they're using different features from the five and hints and nods to bring into the 30 series. So in this case, the Air Jordan 35 comes out on the 30th anniversary of the Air Jordan 5. Thus, you get the 35. Which, one of the things that's starting to dawn on me personally is, are they going to change up the naming for the Jordan signature performance line? Because down the road, are we going to have the Air Jordan 57, 72? Is there going to be a point where Jordan stops? And I don't see Jordan stop to make performance-based basketball shoes. It's their bread and butter. They push the industry so far along by being one of the top three competitors in the space. They push sister brand Nike or overarching brand Nike. They push Adidas, Under Armour, Converse, etc. in the space with their innovation. They find out new tech, they break the boundaries, inspires other footwear engineers, senior designers to use different materials, structures, research, sciences when creating a basketball shoe. But to me, at a certain point, the Air Jordan 35, the Air Jordan 38, whatever it may be, seems like it's kind of getting to that point where maybe we need to pivot to a different name change. I really liked what they did with the Kobe line. It's a little eerie now, the Kobe AD line. However, in just looking at the shoes, it made sense because Kobe was no longer playing in those models, just like how Jordan isn't playing in these models. So maybe they change up that to the PJ35, post-Jordan 35, or the Hall of Fame 5, signifying Jordan in the Hall of Fame and no longer playing. Maybe they find a completely different naming structure for the shoe. It's just it seems at this point it's getting a bit up there. That aside, the 35 is also building on the 34. The 34, we saw the eclipse plate. And essentially that gave the goal to return energy from the zoom and the forefoot and the heel to players for when they pivot, cut, make those transitions and return as much energy back to the player to help with spring, help your feet, help your muscles continue throughout the game. And here I have to give a shout out to the Jordan 29 Low, one of my favorite basketball shoes of all time, specifically the low, as I mentioned, with the zoom and the forefoot. I really love the way they did that. And I know they experimented for a while where that zoom back 
for a bit was showing a bit too much and creating some balance issues, or wasn't showing enough and wasn't doing its job. And so you can see how they continue to innovate within Jordan Brand. The Eclipse Flight 2.0 being another iteration. It definitely is eye-catching. It's something we haven't really seen in the industry. It reminds me of when John Wall was with Reebok and they had the Zigtech, if you can remember that far back. This kind of crazy looking engineered performance basketball shoe to return energy. Or you could argue the APLs that were banned by the NBA because they were actually proven to be adding an inch or two to a player's vertical, an unfair advantage, a performance enhancing shoe in some regards. Obviously, Jordan Brand isn't in that being banned category, but it is definitely pushing the limits, adding a unique visual and aesthetic to the shoe for performance base. And typically, the signature shoe kind of guides what happens for other shoes that try to utilize this, or maybe technology of scale, and we'll see it in more affordable sneakers down the line. In addition, the Jordan 35 gives you that little nod to the Jordan 5 with the tongue shape and that ankle collar and that padding in there. It isn't reflective quite yet, but I'm sure Jordan brand is going to bring out a reflective tongue for a nod to an original colorway of the five. I also wouldn't be surprised if they did a pack for the Jordan 35 for All-Star Weekend. Maybe that is the rumored grape Jordan 5 that we get for All-Star Weekend in this pack with a 35 and a 5. Maybe it's some wild colorway to go with the what the 5 that's coming out later this year. There's a lot of ways that they can play with the Jordan 35, and they're using a lot of that tongue, which is very significant to creating the shape of the shoe, to drive these colorways. In addition, they're bringing back suede and leathers and those luxury materials that were once used by Jordan Brandt on court. That's something I'm happy to see. I really like the variety of materials and staying away from, in some regards, the super high-tech knits and fabrics that they're using that don't necessarily work well off court because Jordan Brand is trying to create a shoe that first and foremost is one of the top performers on court, but is also easy to wear off court for that section of their audience. In doing so, they're creating a variety of colorways. You have the warrior colorway for Rui Achimura. I'm a big fan of Rui. I really like what he is doing for Washington, what he did at Gonzaga. I think he has a lot of potential, and I think he's a great signing for Jordan Brand. My favorite part about this colorway is he worked with his mom to put one of the designs on the shoe to represent their family heritage. In addition, we'll get a fire red colorway, a nod to the original colorway, coming out later this year. Then we get Zion Williamson, who's going to be getting rumored his own shoe with Jordan Brand, but they're going to give him another Bayou Boys colorway, which was a hit on the 34. The 34 had a huge slew of great creative colorways. Shout out to that team who does that. Very specific to those players like Zion or Jason Tatum. We get a Morpho colorway for their Chinese guard and signee, Gao Alun, which is another great thing to see them represent the variety of their roster in this shoe in terms of colorways. Then there's the center of gravity colorway that you've seen a few times pop up here and there uh, as the promo pair and maybe releasing soon on the 17th of October globally in China on the 27th of November. However, there's a couple things about the 35 
in this release and what was said that kind of gave an odd image of what Jordan Brand is trying to do and can harken back to what Mike Sykes and I were talking about in our last conversation linked below about why it's kind of difficult to be a Jordan Brand athlete. And it's interesting to see these signees like Luca and Zion under the brand and where it can go. And so here is the first quote that kind of put an odd haze in my mind. The Air Jordan signature shoe has and will always be the most important shoe we make each year, says Craig Williams, president of Jordan Brand. Basketball is where the Jordan Brand started, and it's where we'll continue to invest and advance our never-ending pursuit of excellence on the court. And here in this quote, you may have raised an eyebrow to the Air Jordan signature shoe has and will always be the most important shoe we make each year. That's in reference to the Jordan 35 or whatever Jordan model it is. So is that saying that when Zion has his own signature shoe, that's going to be in that second priority to the signature shoe coming out where you've invested all of this money? And you could also argue that that's what's happened with Westbrook, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, always being that second or third choice. We kind of saw them try to fuse this together with Dwayne Wayne, but it definitely didn't work out to the way the brand wanted to or Dwayne Wade wanted. It's a great experience, but being the signature athlete and having your own shoe, but hearing that that isn't a priority to the numbered shoe might conflict with some future potential signings for the brand. And then later on in the release, Tate Curvis, the designer of the 35, went on to say that the 35 is still truly an MJ shoe. Quote, I keep him in mind as the one that I need to make sure the shoe works for, but also you take someone like Zion Williamson and who is just a beast on the court and is doing things you can't imagine in the shoe, so you have to be able to design the shoe in a way that is going to work for a current modern day athlete, but also when MJ sees them and puts it on his foot, he will smile and say, yeah, this is the game shoe. Another area that draws a lot of questions I understand that you have to please the boss man, and it's great that Jordan is very involved in the shoe. However, his foot and what he feels in comfort nowadays in regards to a game shoe is going to have a little bit of bias compared to his playing days compared to what Zion needs or Luka or Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker, right? All crazy different styles of play compared to Jordan himself. So... Keeping in mind that the shoe has to work for Jordan, but also thinking about those other athletes, seems like those priorities may be pivoted where it should work for your current athletes and also suit Jordan's needs. Once again, this is a personal thought that came through my mind and harkens back to that conversation, is that where Jordan Brand is going in the future, is this going to be sustainable to keep on top-tier athletes like Zion Williamson or Luka Doncic? and help from them potentially being scalped by another brand. However, Tate Kerbis goes on later to say, athletes are changing. The way our bodies respond to the game is changing just simply because we play in different ways now. We play a lot of small ball, get more minutes, and play in an era where you're training all the time. So your body must find ways to recover. And a big part of that is having a shoe that's going to fit you right, that's going to feel right while you play, because your feet are essentially your money makers. They're the most important parts of your body as a basketball player. And so here seems like a juxtaposition or an intersection of that last quote where you really have to make the shoe for the modern day athlete and their needs, 
while Jordan may need to fall to the back burner a little bit in these scenarios. And maybe those are the questions that are being asked in these meetings by their signature athletes. Maybe their influence is being helped, but what if they shoot something for their game and their style that they want in their Jordan 35? That iteration comes out and Jordan doesn't like the shoe and gets shot down. That's a potential to happen. He wasn't very happy with the laceless 33 and they had to make a lot of changes there. Could any of those changes been from Jordan brand players who were wearing the shoe and what they needed on the court? And once those are scrapped, they switch to other signature shoes for Jordan brand or previous models. Who knows? But that is just a weird priority that the shoe is always made for Jordan first and then their current players now. Overall, I I understand where it's coming from, but it's just odd and how quick the game is changing where the priority for this shoe is being handled. At the end of the day, there's still fantastic performance-based shoes for the regular individual like myself or you listening when you play once a week in a rec league or a community league or intramurals and even at the college level to an extent. However, it's more of a conversation for those top dogs in these shoes who have input on how the shoe's designed. I got the 34s and I really enjoy them. I'll look for a great colorway of the 35. Those are going to be retailing for anywhere from 180 to $200. And I would love to see Jordan Brand and these performance models hop on to the Nike by You section once again. They used to be back there. Why not bring them back? At this point, you're addressing so many unique colorways. There's never really a team colorway of the Jordan brand shoe. And maybe that's a great way to get more people involved in this signature shoe is having a Jordan in your personalized team's colors or makes it more easy and applicable to wear off court if that's what your goal is in collecting all of the Jordans and none of these colorways speak to you. I would love to see that happen as the line continues. And I would also like to see a name change, but that's just me. That's the Air Jordan 35 model. Once again, those will be coming out globally on the 17th of October for $180 to $200. You'll see the hints from the fives on there in a modern style with that Eclipse Plate 2.0 on the shoe. But now let's talk about Netflix sneakerheads. I've watched the first episode and I think it, to me, it's just a miss. I think the potential is there. I think the thought was there. I think the people involved are interested in shoes heavily, and you can see those hints in there. However, I think the problem lies within the writing and not pinpointing the audience that they want to go after. I think the problem to me when I watch this show is I couldn't tell if they're going for the more veteran, so to speak, sneakerhead who kind of understands all those basics or if they're going for the people who are just getting into shoes. Because the first thing to me is I watch the show, they are waiting in line for a release of the White Cement 4s, which happened to be somehow a hyper strike. And the line goes around the block, right? And they eventually get into the store. They make some moves just as the raffle line might work. And they get into the store, and they aren't immediately going after their pair. They're making people wait outside of the store to get a pair of these shoes. However, they're not allowing people, or based on how it looks, it isn't once you get in, you buy your shoes. They got in, and they just browse the shelves for a little while. They continue to look around, and then they're like, oh, we have your size if you want it. And to me, for that line, how is that realistically working? They understand where that's going. They understand that portion. 
a little odd in the writing there. You can say whatever you want about the acting. I think the tough thing for King Botch is he's always been typecast as someone who represents millennials or Gen Z, and that's the role he's going to get. And I think the problem there is that he's been typecast so many times you're used to him just as his Vine presence, and that's what they cast him for, and that's what they want him to be, and that doesn't just doesn't seem to work. It feels a little forced in this setting. And that's kind of the basis from the few episodes that I watched is that it just feels a little too forced in terms of they've gotten great references in there to you know, expensive sneakers or some of the sneaker culture. They've gotten personalities that you've seen and that are authentic to the game. However, I believe this is an area where Netflix and that directors and producers chose a group of up-and-coming writers for the show and maybe that's kind of you know them getting their foothold and this is a learning experience for them so i'll say it's really up to you if you would like to watch the show for me i probably am not going to finish the season i do applaud their efforts i do applaud where they're going it just didn't hit for me maybe you'll like it and you'll enjoy it it's on netflix right now i do think there's potential there and as someone who's written a screenplay and a for a sneaker show. I applaud them for getting it picked up. I never submitted my draft. I wanted to and made mine from a completely different perspective of someone working retail in the sneaker industry at somewhere like a Foot Locker or a Champs or a Nike and all the weird things you encounter as the customer side. As this is pivoted, it's more of the customer side. It really elevates the stereotypes of what sneaker culture has been over the years, which is kind of tough that the reseller and the hype beast are what feels almost 10 to 15 times worse than what they're actually like in this kind of way they hold themselves. And you have to do that for entertainment. And that's what you have to understand is some of these things are for entertainment. But for me, like I said, it just felt a little too forced and it didn't feel like it was understood what audience it wanted to go after, whether that was young individuals or new people into sneakers, or if it was going for individuals who are familiar with sneakers and how that works. That's Netflix sneaker ads. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Kanye, the Jordan holiday releases, and then upcoming releases. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the keeping stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Keeping Stock. Now we're going to talk about Kanye. Went on another tangent this week, to say the least. He's fed up with contracts in music, fed up with his contract with Adidas, and somewhat of Gap. He's saying that he's not going to make any more designs till he's on the board of the companies he signed with. Posted a picture and quickly deleted of him wearing the court purple Air Jordan 1s. And essentially said that until he's on the board for Adidas, he's going to wear whatever he wants. And he used a specific example of he's going to wear Jordans, the competitor brand, Nike, the brand he left. We'll see where that goes. Kanye's antics are always wild. He talks about wanting to cross over between Jordan brand and Adidas or Nike and Adidas or Adidas and another brand. However, I don't know if he has that much leverage. Honestly, completely understanding why this has never happened. I think it's a cash cow for both of them. And now that I say it out loud, that's maybe why it's not happening is the financial fees and contracts and who's making what and where the profits are going can be quite a bit of a 
negotiation to say the least. I think there's some crazy stuff that could be done. It'd be really fun. I think everyone in to sneakers or into Adidas or into Nike would think that's a fun little shoe to have, but who knows what will happen. Kanye, we'll see what happens with him. If he does end up giving 50% of his masters to his good music roster, if he ends up getting on the board of Adidas or Gap, or if his contract gets terminated, Kanye is always being wild. He's always saying things, stirring things up, and maybe he's stirring up for this holiday season in his Yeezy releases as they've upped quantity to sell more. And now more people are aware of them and more people want to buy them. And maybe more people think that the prices of Yeezys are going to skyrocket if he leaves Adidas. Who knows? But that's Kanye being Kanye. Let me know your thoughts. Send me a message on social media. We can talk it out. In addition, on the other end, we got the Jumpman 23 Jordan brand holiday releases. We're getting three ones, a three, two fours, a five, a 12, and a 13. And of course the 25th anniversary 11s, which are basically all black upper with a white and milky sole like the 72 and 10s for that Jordan 11. Give me the cool grays. I'm going to pass on the 11s. The only thing from this holiday release that I'm really bummed about is the 4s, which apparently are only going to release overseas, the colorway that I'm looking after. They're calling them the Deep Ocean 4s. And this combination of canvas and twill materials kind of assembled like a quilt. I believe they called it the Shashiko Air Jordan 4, which is Shashiko styled being what I mentioned earlier, that kind of combination of canvas and twill quilt-like pattern put onto this sneaker. Not releasing in North America, super bummed about that. That's really the only one I really wanted. Then there's also the, people are calling the Dark Mocha ones. It's basically a brown toe, uh, so black on the toe with a mocha brown on the heel with appears to be off-white kind of sail colored leather similar to the shattered backboard ones or the 1.0s. I think those are going to be tough to get. I wouldn't mind getting my hands on those, but basically it's the ones and the fours I'm going after. The what the fives are just way too loud for me. I would love to see them come back out with the Raging Bull fives in 2021 if that is true. I'd love to get my hands on a pair of those. We're seeing hints of the Tokyos, the Shanghais, the Fresh Princes, quite a few different Jordan 1 or Jordan 5 colorways in the celebration of the five year. And I'm not sure what outfits people are going to put on with these fives because they are pretty loud, but I'm sure Instagram will see the fit pics over time. In addition to those holiday releases, we do get to see a reverse flu game 12. Not so much for me, a little too strong on the red, but I'm sure those are going to be hard to grab as well. We get the Phoenix Sun or Laker kind of looking threes, black cement with purple on them. We get another Ko Japan in the navy with a metallic swoosh. I think those are going to go super fast as well. The OG Fire Red 4s are going to go fast as well. I think it's a great selection for me. Don't really need that many more shoes trying to stay more minimal. So I'm going after those fours that aren't coming out in North America. See if I can find out a way to get those in the ones. And those are the holiday releases. Now let's talk about what's coming up for releases for the week of September 27th through September 3rd. We're going to look at the upcoming releases. So first we have the Nike Air Presto Nyjah Pine Green. 
This play is reference to the Nigerian soccer team. Super comfortable shoe the Presto with a cool Nigerian print that's seen on the Nigerian national soccer team's uniforms in that pine green colorway. Then on the 29th, we get the Nike kill shot beetroot. Very minimal, skater, versatile shoe. The one that's really trips me out here is the Air Jordan Rain Woman's Ash. You have to look these up if you can. These look like the knockoff sneakers from the early 2000s. Basically a 13 upper with a Vapor Max sole and a zipper on it. Something you would have thought was a bad bootleg in the early 2000s has somehow became an official product of Jordan brand in 2020. The year just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And it's a woman's release only, which we'll see. Maybe that's who was buying those knockoffs, but it's just a bad shoe. We get the Jordan Spizike 270 Boot Smoke Gray. I'm not going to touch base a whole lot on that one, but just uh, an odd clunky silhouette. We get the Nike Zoom Freak 2 White Cements on October 1st. Those are going to be $130. I really like this colorway. Goes after the typical Jordan 4 White Cement, the big black swoosh, but for $130, I'm thinking these are going to be tough to get. I'm going to try for them, but at the end of the day, they are on Nike by you, so you can always customize a pair if you'd like. Also on the first, we get the Nike Air Zoom Tempo Next Percent, the Nike Paul George 4 Triple Black, and the Nike Woman's Air Zoom Tempo Next Percent. So men's and women's Air Zoom Tempo Next Percent. One of the better running models out. Go check out Wear Testers for their reviews on the new Nike Air Zoom Tempos. Great reviews as always, really putting the miles to test those out. So I would go check them if you're looking for a running shoe. We get the Minions Reebok Question Mid. Really fun concept. We're seeing a lot of question mids come out. This one's based off of Despicable Me's Minions. Very fun colorway. Pretty minimal. If you can pull it off, it's $150. And at the end of the day, it's just a black and silver question mid with little green highlights. So I'm sure these, a lot of people will go after those. Then we get to see the Air Jordan 1 Mid SE White Metallic Gold. Kind of reminds me of what they did with Kawhi Leonard when he was on Jordan Brand. Those ones that have skyrocketed in price, but this is a mid in gold. We get the off-white Nike Rubber Dunk on October 1st. Maybe the last off-white we see for some while. It seems the the progress has slowed down quite a bit, but that's going to be primarily black with the green, volt green hits on the swoosh and the outsole. We also see the Nike Air Max 90 OG Laser Blue and the Nike Air Max 90 Eggplant on the 2nd of October. Further, we get the Air Jordan 16, which we haven't seen in a little bit. We saw Trophy Room do that. It's cool to see them break out these later models. This is with Russell Westbrook. This is the Why Not 16. We've seen a couple of them show up in packs with the Converse at a size down a half percent. It's kind of got bones and chains on both the 16 and the Converse. But that will come out estimated for the 2nd of October. Then the Adidas ZZ Boost 352 V2 Asriel. Another V2, another colorway. At this point, if you're an easy person, you're probably going to go after them. If you're not, you probably aren't going to go after these. And that's all the upcoming releases. So quite a bit out there to go after. Make sure to uh, balance those checkbooks. See what you're going after. See what that's going to run you. Because we are running into holiday season. And there's about to be a lot of releases that I'm sure you want. Multiple pairs, various pairs, etc. So make sure to budget for those sneakers now so that you don't get caught up later in the future. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. 
Make sure to leave a like and follow on your favorite podcast platform. Let me know your thoughts on the Air Jordan 35. Netflix's sneakerhead show, if you checked it out, what your thoughts were, what Kanye West is up to, the holiday releases, or what you're going after this week. Love to hear from you. But until then, I'll catch you guys next week.